you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison. On American Family Radio. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Adam B. and J. Mac are on tap to help us navigate the show. So we are hopefully going to be able to make it through. This is day three of us broadcast. Well, no, this is day, day two. two broadcasting. Yes. But day three of us being, being here. here at the Refuge in Aiden, North Carolina. Truth for a New Generation's Unashamed Camp. We're yes. going to be here all week long. I think at this point, it is important to deal with the elephant in the room. The elephant? Our brother J-Mac has already pointed <laughs> it out. I thought I was going to be able to hide it, but I can't. Okay. No. So we're out here. Yes. And um, I'm no longer able to breathe through my nose. Okay. <laughs> Let's just go ahead and deal with that right now. I, I, I thought I was doing it. This is family. <clears throat> excuse me. So it's just it's an allergies <laughs> thing, right? Yeah. And it's totally, I feel fine otherwise. It's just... I don't know. Surrounded I, by trees. Surrounded by beautiful and, trees. And, we are, you know, nature. Man, beautiful campgrounds. Like, we're yeah. just having such an awesome time here. I'm loving it. Today, um, the kids were horseback riding. I mean, they're paddle boating and just all kinds of things that, if I could just say honestly, growing up in New Orleans, I never did. And so that's great. And I'm, I'm really excited for them. Um, but I, 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 I thought that I was going to be able to do the program today and not have to acknowledge that I'm battling with these allergies. Hmm. And then J-Mac said, uh, you sound a little, little stuffed up. <laughs> really? I thought I was hiding that. No, <laughs> I guess it's always, it's always obvious. You think you're, 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 you don't sound as bad as you do, but anyway, yeah. apparently here I am. So, no, but, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to change it. I'm not going to stop. Um, now watch this guys. Okay. <laughs> this is what we do as humans. Here's what I want to say. I want to say here we are with over 60 campers. There are 10 states represented here in Aden, North Carolina at the refuge. Mm -hmm. I want to say that um, I'm not going to stop hiking through the woods, which would actually make me sound better than what I'm actually doing. That's what I want to say. I want to say I'm not going to stop hiking through the woods. Here's what I'm actually doing. I'm actually taking a path that is cut through. <laughs> Where there's trees. It's pretty nice though. Trees on each side. Trees on each side. It, 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 it was created like for it's a trail. It's a trail. But it's not a long, long trail. Okay, it's, that's enough. You can stop. It, <laughs> it's a trail nonetheless. You know to get you from point A to point B. But it's uh, it's pretty nice. It is really nice. I I really enjoy it. I'm I'm talking with some of the the campers. I'm talking with those who are leaders here who are facilitating group discussions. Um, just amazing people that I'm having the opportunity to talk with here and there. And uh, I was talking with one of the staff here at the refuge. I believe her name is Lindsay. And because we're here with the littles, um, she said, we, we have this golf cart thing that if you, if you guys are going to go a long distance, here's how you get here. And then, but also you have to charge the golf cart, like probably every other night. Right. So, so I was talking to Lindsay, um, I guess it was yesterday and I said, so I'm thinking probably we have to go and charge this golf cart because from time to time we'll take it around and go drive the, the little ones who yeah. can't do a lot of the other stuff. Yeah. But then other times we just have them hike with us and 
well, it's not really hiking, but walk through the woods. It's fun. Mm. Um, well, anyways, we go over to, um, she's showing me where the cart will have to be recharged. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you're going to charge it overnight. And she goes, at the end of the day, you know, we bring it over and we, we charge it. So we get there and I say, and she's showing me this during the day. And so I say, oh, okay. It's kind of, <laughs> kind of a little bit out here, you yeah. know? And I, and I said, so I'm just curious, what do you do after you park the cart here? And then she goes, oh, I just walked back through the woods. See, that's someone who's acquainted with, you know. And I go, you know what, Lindsay? Um, so what, what do regular other people do <laughs> after they? And she goes, well, you could go out on the road here. Mm. And I go, okay, right. Still, um, <laughs> it's kind of dark. And she goes, oh, yeah, I just, I just bring my flashlight. Mm. Flashlight, you know. Mm. So I said, <laughs> and she goes, she goes, oh, no, no. I, she goes, I like kind of just being out, yeah. you know, by myself. She's, it gives me time to pray and mm. just really kind of be alone. And I go, but, but, you know, are you? <laughs> are you alone? Are you alone? I mean, aren't there critters? Aren't there? Right. And she goes, yeah, I mean, those, yeah. I mean, and of course I have to watch where I'm going, but you know, it's not that bad. Mm, that bad? I'll so, take, I'll take famous last words for a thousand, Alex. Right. Like it's not that bad. It's just a different world. And I, I'm, I'm so willing to learn a different way of experiencing what God has created. I'm willing to learn. Um, but I would, I would be dishonest if I didn't admit, right, right. that I have, some level of understanding that I just didn't grow up this way. Yeah, yeah. I think we were surrounded by more concrete and stuff, you know, like, so. Just a little bit. I mean, I had some woods in the back of my house. Uh, It was woods. We used to to ride our bikes back there and and not all, you know. But is it, but okay, so that's great. So let's unpack that. (laughs) So, but are we, but would you describe it like the woods that we see here? No, not at all. But Mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm saying it was woods. That's true. That's true. Stuff. Yeah, for me, I will I will say that wherever there was undeveloped land in <laughs> New Orleans, um, we didn't go there. Yeah, like I didn't. It wasn't <laughs> like we didn't go explore that, yeah. you know. But I'm grateful that, that that our kids are having a different experience right. than, than what we're having. Sam right. Wick got to ride a horse today, and that was really cool. Yeah. Now I say ride a horse. He got to be pulled along on a horse, which yeah. is great, which is great, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. in his mind, it was sort of like, what about Bob? I'm sailing. <laughs> you know, in, in, in his mind, he was actually riding a horse. So it's been right. a great time. Um, awesome time of ministry, of worship, just being around um, our kids. These are kids who are growing up in our homes, right? Mm. Um, it's really incredible to watch them among like themselves mm-hmm. worshiping the Lord and mm-hmm. doing that without being ashamed or without being overly self-aware. Mm-hmm. I think that being in a context where everyone is after the same thing makes a huge difference. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And man, some of our, our leaders here, some of the people who are facilitating this camp mm-hmm. man, are just incredible. You can tell how much they love these children. You can yeah. tell how much this is a calling. Right. And it would have to be because you think about the reality of what they're doing not only are they engaging our children, not only are they ministering to our children, but they're doing it in the type of intense heat that <laughs> um, you you got to really be called. <laughs> you got to really be called to do that, you know, and, and I can tell you, I, I'm, I'm so reminded of my um, my own like lack of exposure to the elements because sometimes I'm, I'm talking to like a brother or sister and we're standing out in the sun and I'm just like, <sighs> and they're just talking like, that's just no. And I'm like, man, I, I gotta get outside more. The sun. And then you add in a little uh, humidity. 
Yeah, you know, just a little bit, just a little bit, you know, it's amazing. No, I think the campers are having a wonderful time. I continue to be encouraged by mm -hmm. the insight coming from the campers by some of the questions. Uh, one of the, and we know this, like as parents, we know this, we know this, anybody who works with kids, we understand that sometimes the questions tell us more than the answers that mm. are being sought, right? Mm -hmm. The questions tell us the kinds of conversations that our kids are having. The yes. questions tell us those things that they're wrestling with, that they're battling with. And yes, of course you want to make sure that you give sound biblical answers sound biblical responses to those questions but you really want to be dialed into the questions themselves because they say so much mm -hmm. about where our kids are and what they're actually facing in the culture no you're right you get an indication of what's happening you know in their hearts and their minds yeah you know and this type of uh you know setting they feel more free to ask those questions that's right you know maybe more than even in some of the churches you yeah. know to be able to say this is what i'm dealing with or thinking about or, you know, I just have this question. Mm -hmm. I, I I haven't been able to figure this out, understand this, even about the scripture. Like, That's right. you know, why this or why that? I mean, there was a question about the commandments. Why, mm -hmm. you know, follow the Ten Commandments, you yeah. know, when we have all these other commandments. Why don't the, those apply to yeah, us? Why don't they apply, you know? So answers of uh, questions that can be uh, answered, you mm -hmm. know, uh, but sometimes... Sadly enough, we've seen this. Yep. Uh, children don't get those answers, you know, to the questions that they have. And, and then it, it it brings them to a place where they're like searching and somebody else swoops in with this Come other on. mindset and ideology. And, and then it's like, Deconstruction. oh, yeah, and then you have it, that. it's like they all converge. And what usually comes out on the other side, if 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 our kids are not rescued mm -hmm. is deconstruction. Now, you said something. Well, the great. And I, I kind of want to go back to this because I'm wondering what it is that you have observed that might make you think that in some context, not not in all church context, but yeah. in some church context, it might be um, a little uncomfortable, a little more uncomfortable than yeah. a setting like this uh, for our kids to even ask some of those tough questions. Maybe yeah. they have doubts or they're wrestling with things. But what is it that you think makes this camp environment conducive to raising those questions and, and seeking out those answers that maybe... Um, even in like a youth group or yeah. larger church context, they feel that they can't ask those questions. Well, of course, this wouldn't be for every church or youth group of course. because I haven't been there. Right, but right, right. a lot of times there, I think, is making room for the questions. Mm. Um, at this camp, there's Q&A. That's and right. so That's it's true. like whatever, you know, the, the children want to ask, mm -hmm. you know. And so when you when you make room for that, you get the questions. Yeah. I think sometimes in church settings, we don't do that. You know, we don't ask, are there any questions, any comments about what we have discussed here wow, today? I hadn't even thought about that. That's and so, so true. you know, that, that I'm sure that they have questions out there, but it, there's never like the room to, to get those questions answered. So mm. I think here in a setting like this, it's like we, the questions are welcome. Yes. And, so, and there's yes. a time. And hoped for. Yeah, and there's a time, you, you know, for that and for, you know, answers. And so I think if we do that more, even within our churches, figure out how we can do that, that would serve our children well to be able to say, any, any questions, any comments about the message today? You know, That's, and wow. then, yeah. you know, not only for the children, but the, the adults, adults have questions as well. So how do you get to mm -hmm. a point maybe in our churches where we can do that type of thing? You know, um, you got to kind of bust out of your program to do that Truly. type of thing. You yeah. could put a time frame on it, a limit or whatever. Uh, if there's a fellowship time after church, maybe that could serve as, as a time, you know, for questions. But I think we have That's to do that. That's a great observation that you're making there. And, you know, it hadn't occurred to me 
that at a very basic level, we're not getting these questions because we have not allowed for the opportunity for these questions to be asked. Like they, they, our kids are facing all sorts of dilemmas, I guess, mm-hmm. where they're just hoping that somebody will break in and say, yeah. hey, do, is that clear? Do yeah. you do you understand that? Do you get that? And I touched on this a little bit and I kind of want to go back to it. This was um, a, a portion of my presentation at our recent MFL conference, this whole idea of deconstruction. Mm-hmm. Like, why are our kids deconstructing? Why is it that they feel like they are coming up against something in the culture mm. that conflicts with the gospel? Mm-hmm. And ultimately what they choose is what's in the culture. And mm-hmm. then they reject the truth of the gospel. Why mm-hmm. is this happening? Why aren't our kids uh, getting the answers to the questions mm-hmm. that they that they have a right to get the answer right. to? In fact, these are some questions that we may have had, right. but we felt like, well, you know, I'll just believe. And I, I, think, believe. I think another thing is, well, two things. One thing I think when you don't have uh, um, room for questioning, you know, sometimes it can present itself as don't question, yeah. like to the to the people. Like I said what I said, you know, this is from, mm. but don't question. Yeah, and that's I don't think that's the attitude that we want to have. You know, don't question. Um, I think the heart in which we question matter. Absolutely. You know, but at the same time, there are legitimate questions, and I also think that you can run into. Um, you don't know what kind of questions you're going to get, mm-hmm. so you kind of steer away from that. I think you got to be willing to say, I don't have the answer to that. Or I don't know, mm-hmm. you know, or, I don't know any scripture that speaks to that or whatever. And, and, you know, go from there. But I don't think that the question questioning part should just be kind of uh, dismissed whole, you know, wholesale that there should be room for it. And, you know, you should have the humility to say, well, you know, I don't know. And it may be, I don't know, but let me get back with you after I research some things. Or it may just be, I don't know it right now. Yeah. You know, I, I've never come across that. And be willing to say that. That's right. Because I think that That's means right. a lot uh, to young people, but to also to, to adults as well. Just yeah. to know that. One of the things that I said, um, I think it was yesterday as I was presenting, I said, I don't have the right to ask you guys to trust me. Mm. Right. That is something that has to be earned and it must be earned in light of the right application of scripture. Mm -hmm. So I don't have the right to stand up here and just kind of spout off my opinion on issues. What I'm compelled to do is to ask, what does the word of God say? And then get as close in my response to that as possible. But I think you're touching on something that's Mm -hmm. really important that if we could be dialed into that understanding that our kids have questions and we really need to set our hearts to answer those questions biblically, Mm -hmm. we might make better advances. As it is now, we've got a lot of deconstructing happening all around us. Yes. All right. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll take this break and we'll be right back. Dr. Carl Truman from the American Family Studios documentary, the God who speaks. Typically, what sola scriptura, what scripture alone means for the reformers is this. We accept the church tradition as an authoritative statement of Christian faith and practice as long as it lines up with scripture. That's not the equivalent of the it's just me and my Bible attitude that we often find in evangelicalism today. It's we belong to a historic tradition, but we always need to check what the church is teaching in light of scripture. So 
So scripture alone doesn't mean the only book I read is the Bible. Scripture alone means that the Bible is the ultimate principle by which everything the church ever says or does is to be checked. Visit thegodwhospeaks.org. This is the sound of not just one, not just two, but three heartbeats. Heartbeats that were birthed through the ministry of preborn. The heartbeat of a preborn baby can be heard as early as six weeks on ultrasound. The sound of a heartbeat changes everything. I came seeking termination, but once I got here and I took an ultrasound, I was overjoyed when I found out that I was having three baby boys. The Ministry of Preborn is the largest provider of free heartbeats for moms in crisis in America and the direct competition to Planned Parenthood. By letting a mother see her baby on ultrasound and hear the heartbeat, she'll choose life 80% of the time. And this time, there were three. To find out more, go to preborn.com or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say baby. Your love can save a life. Hello? Hey, stranger. Oh, hi. Thank goodness it's you. I was afraid to answer the phone. Why? What's up? The credit card companies are after me. They want me to make payments and the calls never stop. Ouch. Been there before, but I got help from Trinity Debt Management. Trinity? Yeah. I called and right away, Trinity contacted my creditors and got my interest rates cut in half. They ended all the late fees and over-limit charges, and they stopped those annoying phone calls. Bet that was a relief. Yep. Then they put me on a plan that consolidated my bills into one easy monthly payment. That way, I paid off my debt fast while saving thousands. Nice. Trinity even showed me how to plan and meet a monthly budget. So now I'm debt-free for keeps. Wow. Do you still have their number? Sure. Here. Write this down and call 1-800-788-1813. Can you repeat that? 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. You're nothing like the world. You are faithful to the end. You're able to save the same. Forgive our sins. Your love's not like ours. Never waves, never bends. Your love is amazing, so we lift our hands. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We are broadcasting live and direct from the refuge in yes. Aiden, North Carolina. Beautiful, beautiful campground. Yes. We are among um, a little over 60 campers mm-hmm. from 10 states and the awesome. United States of America. And it's just, it's, it's wonderful yeah. to be among the next generation that is happening right now. I always say, right, because we have this next generation thought where we think it's something that's going to come down the line, but they are being fortified right now. Yeah. And so what you will see down the line is the result of what you're doing right now. It's mm. really is it's having a farmer's mentality, <laughs> understanding that the hard work you put in now is to yield that harvest down the line. Yeah. I think what has um, often failed us as parents and grandparents is that we've not been able to think down the line. Mm. So what we've done is we found ways to maybe occupy our kids until we think, they are down the line, not recognizing <laughs> that they're being shaped. Oh, and that, that is yes. determining what you're going to get yes. when you get to the, That's right. the down the line That's part. Right. So anyway, it's been a blessing for us to be here. This is day three of us being here at the refuge. Day two of us uh, broadcasting. Mm-hmm. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And that was the ambassador with nothing like us. 
I want to pick up with our conversation from yesterday and just kind of um, go back to that. But before we do that, mm -hmm. I want to reiterate, um, <laughs> uh, we're surrounded by campers. I want <laughs> to reiterate um, just something or maybe run a highlighter over something that you said, Will the Great, when we're talking about the questions that our kids have yeah. and the way those questions get asked. I, I think it's so important for us to recognize not only as parents and grandparents, but also as pastors and lay teachers, it's important for us to recognize that God discerns the heart of the question that is being asked. Yeah. And, and I, and I, I just want to drill down here for a second because sometimes as a parent, we think that when our kid asks a question mm -hmm. automatically, Oh, it, it's sort of like, um, it's like, we got an atheist on our hands. Mm. Oh no. Oh no. There, we got a doubter. We got go a into and, panic and, mode. Yeah. You go into panic mode <laughs> and these alarms start yeah. ringing and you're like, Oh my goodness. Okay. Find the nearest counselor or find the nearest apologist. You know, you're like, yeah. you know, I need a ram in the thicket, like something. <laughs> and I think if we could take a step back and just recognize that when our kids have questions, those questions have answers mm -hmm. and those questions are not an indication that they're falling away. Oh my right. goodness. Because sometimes what we're looking for in our kids, I want you to think about this. Like sometimes what we're looking for in our kid is an absolute presentation of perfection. Mm. And we don't measure up to that. Come on. You know? And so when you take us and then think about it, think about the number of years that the Lord has put in to mm -hmm. tolerating you. And you have <laughs> and to think about even right? in your walk with God, the questions that you have Come had on. that maybe you never asked anyone. That's right. But you had questions, and, and if you would have, maybe it would have seemed like, oh, man, they're doubting or whatever. The children have the same questions, That's right. a lot of the same questions That's that right. you had when, you know, you were coming along as well. That's exactly right. And so I think we do them a disservice when we cause um, – an anxious response mm -hmm. in them, right? So we respond with great anxiety because we're like, oh my goodness, a doubter, we got a doubter on our hands. And then the kid responds with, maybe I am a doubter because I have this question. Rather than, rather than on our part, leaning in as parents and grandparents and lay workers, as youth workers, as pastors, right? Mm. Leaning in and saying, Hey, that's a great question. Mm. You know, the Lord can handle our questions, right? Mm -hmm. So let's make sure that we check our heart. And and one of the um one of the proof texts, if you will, that we have looked at even with our kids in the the weight of the question. The mm. Lord is looking at the heart behind the question. Mm -hmm. Because you can have two questions that on their face appear to be the same question, but the thing that distinguishes those questions is the heart. Yeah. And as an example, and this would be something that can maybe be explored um, at a later date, maybe you're sitting down with your kid and you want to show your kid that it's okay to have questions, but the Lord is weighing the heart of the question. So in the gospel of Luke, you have two different questions that are similar, but the response to those questions are totally different. So you've got Zacharias. This is in the announcement of the birth of John the Baptist that is being foretold. You've got the, um, the angel Gabriel who comes to Zacharias and tells Zacharias what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And then in Luke chapter one, verse 18, Zacharias said to the angel, how will I know this for certain? For I am an old man and my wife is advanced in years. Verse 19, the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God. And I have been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. And behold, 
you shall be silent and unable to speak until the day when these things take place because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their proper time. Now, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> okay, Gabriel just told him some things that, that are going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then you have Zechariah saying, wait, how's this going to happen? Because I'm advanced in age. All right, now then <laughs> let's fast forward. So the same angel visiting Mary, all right? Um, This is chapter one, verse 31. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will have no end. Mm. Verse 34, Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I'm a virgin? Those are almost exactly the same question mm-hmm, here, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, how can this be? I'm advanced in years. How can this be? I'm a virgin. But then verse 35 says, the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. He gives her the, this is how it's going right. to happen. What is the Bible revealing to us here? That there's a judgment call being made on the basis of the heart of the question. Mm. So Zacharias's heart communicated <laughs> doubt. Right. Even though his words were very similar to Mary's words, the question was on its face. The questions were very similar. Mm, Right. mm -hmm. How can this be? Because naturally speaking, it couldn't be. But there must be. Obviously, the scriptures reveal that there was something different in Zacharias's heart that the angel uh, Gabriel had the authority to judge in that moment. to say, okay, you don't believe. But then here you have Mary. Same situation. Naturally speaking, it seems like this can't happen. But what does the Bible reveal to us? Obviously, there's something in our heart that says, I I believe. I don't know how this can happen, Mm -hmm. but I believe. And so as parents, what are we tasked with? And as grandparents and everybody else who touches the heart of a child, Mm -hmm. what are we tasked with? We're tasked with getting to the bottom of their question, not rejecting the question, not causing them to think that they are doubters or that Mm -hmm. they are, Mm -hmm. you know, the Lord's mad at you because you had this question. And, And can I just say this too? Too often we ignore we ignore the discernment that is ours because the Holy Spirit of God Amen. indwells us. Amen. So we can discern Amen. the attitude of the question. Yes, and that's, I, I was going to say that. That's why it's so important that we rely on the Holy Spirit Amen. to show us. And so in our parenting, as we're you know, raising our children, man, we need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit to understand what is que- where these questions are coming That's from. That's right. So if they're coming from a place of just, just uh, pure uh, skepticism, mm-hmm. you know, the Holy Spirit will reveal that That's and right. show us how to deal accordingly. How? But if it's like a genuine question yes. and, and it's like, man, I just don't understand how, you know, he'll help us to deal with that as well. We can do that in our parenting before we get to a counselor or an That's apologist. Right. That's exactly you know, right. God can give us the, the ability that we need to see the heart of our children and understand where they're coming from because yeah. a lot of times they're going to mirror us anyway. That's right. <laughs> you remember That's exactly right. how we were, Come on. you know, and the questions that we had and the heart in which we asked those questions. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, you know, reliance on the Holy Spirit to show us um, what's going on and how to adequately, you know, answer those questions. Yeah, you know, I think some of the things that really scare us as parents is that we have this sort of like... Um, I don't know, catch 22, maybe. I don't know if that's the right way to describe it, but we want deep thinkers. Mm -hmm. We just don't want them to think too deeply Mm. toward us, like, or at us. And Mm -hmm. I'm using that word at, right? Because you think, I I want you to think deeply, but don't challenge me. Mm. 
But if you if you foster the kind of environment where you're you want a deep thinker, mm -hmm. eventually there is going to be a challenge there. And guys, I'm going to tell you, the culture that we're living in right now, we want kids who can challenge. We want kids who can engage. Now, they they must do that respectfully. Mm. Right. They must. They must. So this is why you don't just give kids a bunch of like, you know, free movement. Right. You th there's got to be some quality control there. You can engage. You can challenge. You can ask your questions. But you've got to do that respectfully. Why do we want kids who can engage and who can ask their questions? Well, because they live in a culture that is assaulting them daily. Yes. They live in a culture that is attacking their mind and their ability to think independently and to think in line with God's word. When I say independently, I don't mean independently of God's word. I mean going against the grain of the culture, mm. which we live in a secular culture, guys. There's no question about that. Mm. I'll give you an example here. And Will the Great, you probably remember this from us sitting down with the kids as we were reading through the book of Exodus. Mm. And um, Mariah had a question. And she asked this question about the Lord descending on Mount Sinai mm. and the thunder and the, the peals of lightning and, 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 and all of the, the smoke mm. and all of this. And she asked a question that I, you know, I'm not 100 percent certain, but I just imagine that if I had asked the same question, you know, growing up as she asked, like, think about it being in a church context, mm. how. Um, there just was not a whole lot of room for any questions about why God did what he did. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, and especially if you feel like you couldn't answer that question it'd be like, cause he's God, <laughs> G A W D like, cause he's God and he does what he wants, you know? And, and, and to a certain extent that's true. Right. Mm -hmm. But what if, what if we ask the Lord as we go into devotions with our kids, ask the Lord to give us wisdom that's available to us because of the Holy spirit. So Mariah asked this question about God descending on the mountain mm -hmm. like this um, before all of the people of Israel. And she said, she goes, <laughs> I love this question. She goes, okay. She goes, I want to, I know that God is God. She says, she goes, but do you think that's a little bit extra that he did that? Like, you know, <laughs> the, the, the thunder and all of that. And, smoke and, and, yeah. lightning. and so in her mind, in her mind, it was sort of like, you know, making this grand entrance <laughs> That she's like, you know, God could have come down to the mountain, revealed himself however he chose. Why did he do that? And she goes, and I, I'm not, I just, I know he can do whatever he wants. Mm -hmm. But I just, that's a question that I have. Now, I love this question. Mm -hmm. And the reason I love this question is because it provided me the opportunity to be able to talk about the severity of God's presence. Mm -hmm. And, mm. and to understand that the renown of who God is, mm -hmm. that God's name was entrusted to Israel. Mm. The knowledge of who God is, that it's going to fill the earth, was entrusted to this people group. Mm -hmm. So now I say, so take a step back. So if they are going to keep a record of God revealing himself to them, do you think it should be uneventful? Should <laughs> it be like, yeah, so he just came, you know, and he just... <laughs> You know, so God answered from, uh, the, from the heavens and, uh, you mm -hmm. know, I think some people were awake for that. No, the severity of God showing up, mm -hmm. the recollection, right, that you're going to make this known to your children and they're going to make it known to their children on right. down to the point that we know who God is, right. right? Isn't it important that the Lord, for their benefit, mm -hmm. for their benefit, allows them to feel as much of the weight or the kavod, mm. the glory of mm. God yeah. as they possibly can. And it's amazing, too, because with that display that God did, you know, they still 
they still disobeyed and you know <laughs> so imagine it's, it, it's right like a so butterfly. <laughs> yeah you know so yeah. even with this uh you know display of god's power and it's you know it's mm. righteousness and holiness and like you know don't touch the mountain and you know get your animals away everything you know they still you know would disobey and murmur and complain against this great god so i think you know I know God knows what he's doing and that should be a reverence and awe, you know, because on one end, they didn't even want to to have um, basically conversations with God. They wanted Moses to go, you go up for Mm -hmm. us and then you tell us what he says because we're not, you know, but on the other side, they were constantly like turning their backs on God and and, and murmuring and complaining. Which when you couple that, excuse me, when you couple that with God's revelation of himself to his people, Mm -hmm. there should be no question about his judgment. Right. It's, because it's man right. is his without ju- excuse, right? Is right. Yeah. And so when you when you bring right. all of that together mm-hmm. and you have that conversation with the young person in your mm-hmm. life, right? Yeah. What you're doing is you're helping them to understand the holiness of God. Yeah. That God is yeah. completely other and completely separate from us. <laughs> and yet at the same time, man, he wants to dwell in our midst. He's mm. God with us. He wants to be with us among his people. And you have sort of the foreshadowing of this in the Old Testament yes. that is pointing toward the Lord Jesus, right. God with us. And so what, what does this say to us forever? Mm. It says to us forever that we must fear God, Yeah, that God is holy. We must fear him. And I was going to say that's another one of those great questions. Why does it seem like God's judgments were so severe? Yeah. You know, like, did he have to really wipe them all out? You know, sure. But when you look at the holiness of God, when you understand who God is, that's right. You know, and that His His judgments are right. Mm-hmm. You know, then it's like, oh, yeah. Well, well, yeah. You Absolutely. Know? He's holy. So like, here we are. We are imperfect people, mm-hmm. but we automatically cry out for justice. Mm. Think about it. Like from the right. from the youngest age, we automatically cry out for justice. It goes back to that, that study that yeah. we were talking about yeah. on Friday, I guess it was. <laughs> you 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 take a stick from a kid who's playing with it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to teach the kid to come to you, like to point out, even if the kid doesn't have words. We have mm-hmm. Timmy, who's mm-hmm. not two yet, mm-hmm. but he, he doesn't have a whole lot of words, mm-hmm. but he can communicate to you injustice. That was done wrong. I was you know done. what I mean? He's he out did here. Me wrong. <laughs> he's, he's playing with the kids and they've got the balls going everywhere, you know, mm-hmm. and, and the kids are like, no, no, when you shoot it, then I get a chance to shoot it. Right. <laughs> so when they take the ball, what is he? He's like ball. Mm-hmm. He wants, he wants the ball back. Right. 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 So we understand that God's judgments are good and right and true. Mm. And God, God, who reveals himself to us for our benefit, Mm. acts according to his nature, according to who he is. If we can show this to our kids in scripture, if we can show that God is consistent, if we can show that God is constant Mm -hmm. and not just be talking at our kids, talking with our kids, if we can, there's a certain amount of self disclosure that is necessary, even from parents for us to be able to say, you know, I had some questions about that myself. Now we're not making things up. They they need to be legitimate experiences that we've had, but also to be able to say, but can I show you where in scripture the Lord really opened my understanding? He allowed me to encounter him in a different way. Guys, this this really could change the way we disciple mm. for the better. Yeah. yeah. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio live from the refuge. We'll be right back. Picture a stormy sea. The waves are rolling viciously and the sky is darker than night. The crack of thunder can be heard over the roaring wind. 
A tiny ship is thrown wildly up and down as it rides the waves. The crew is just about to lose hope when someone spots a sudden flash in the distance. A lighthouse. Lighthouse for the Lost, an article by Parker May. To read this article, visit EngageMagazine.net. What does the American Family Association stand for? We believe that our ministry, as well as everything in the heavens and on earth, belongs to God, and our role is that of a trusted manager. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us. Director of the AFA Foundation, Riley Wildman. Here in the Foundation, we help families just like yours to shore up permanent income for their retirement years through our charitable gift annuities. Riley has served as the Director of the AFA Foundation for over a decade. A charitable gift annuity is a gift to American Family Association. Not only are you giving to the Lord's work, but you'll receive a lifetime income and excellent tax benefits. Contact the AFA Foundation today to learn how you can shore up permanent income for your retirement years while supporting the culture-transforming work of the American Family Association. A charitable gift annuity benefits you and helps ensure the AFA will impact America for generations to come. Give us a call today at 800-326-4543. That's 800-326-4543, extension 345. The AFA Foundation, the Financial Stewardship Division of the American Family Association. Hello, everyone. Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. Hey, an update on our Israel trip scheduled for March 2023. We're about a third full, so two-thirds remain. That is uh, the seats we have available for our trip to Israel. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're very excited to take a new group of pilgrims across the pond, across the Alps, across the Mediterranean, and land our plane in Tel Aviv, bus to Jerusalem, and here we go. Again, that's in March 2023. The itinerary, the cost, all we'll be doing and seeing. You can read about everything associated with this trip by going to twholyland.com, twholyland.com. March is a great month, typically, weather-wise, to visit and so that's one of the reasons we schedule it for that month. Again, twholyland.com to check out the trip. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and this, this is Life by KB. All right. Um, we are broadcasting from The Refuge in Aiden, North Carolina. It's Truth for a New Generation's Unashamed Camp. We will be here all week. We'll be uh, leaving Friday morning. Yes. Oh, and, and so shout out to Sammy, who said Mayflies. Mayflies. They're, they're called Mayflies. Oh, man. So I don't know if the people if where from you, this area, I guess you know. you know what Mayflies are. Wow. Um, so any tips that people have as far as like what the Mayflies are attracted to? It seems like <laughs> bright colors. It seems like, um, well, obviously most bugs are attracted to light. 
including yes. our kids, our little ones, those bugs, they're attracted <laughs> to light as well. Um, but these mayflies are so interesting because they don't bite you. They look like mosquitoes. They're just very aggravating. They just they just kind of like they're in your space. But yes. they but here's the thing. I think it's a just sort of like making a mental shift because your first thought is to like smash them. Right. But then you realize actually, I mean, they're not going to bite you. Right. Now, if we were in Louisiana. Oh, man. Mosquitoes. Yes. We've, we actually have mosquitoes the size of these mayflies. Yes. That do bite that you. Bite you. I mean, yes. with the type of like intensity and ferocity that says, um, yeah, I'm falling. <laughs> these these mosquitoes Man. bite you and they remind you of what adam did they're like yeah they were the yep that's where we it was never supposed to be like yes. this um but these things don't do that so they're called mayflies so anybody who has a point of reference for that and, yeah. and it's really interesting because you know in different parts of the country obviously it's obvious yeah. that you have certain bugs everybody and pests. has something right because in louisiana i didn't know this because your context is all you have mm-hmm. we have what we call love bugs yeah, I but not everybody the, has yeah, those. I don't, I don't yeah, you're right. Right? Does you're anybody right. anybody know what I mean when I say love bugs? Anybody outside of Louisiana? All right. <laughs> yeah. Bujo and Thibodeau will call it. Oh God, we know what love bugs is. <laughs> we know what love bugs is. Anyway, all right. Welcome back to the program. We really appreciate you listening. We, I intended actually, well, the great for us to look at what we were talking about yesterday, okay. but now that we've kind of gone through yeah. and kind of um, switched to a different vein Mm -hmm. maybe we can open the phone lines up and get some um some response from our listeners uh maybe they want to comment on what we talked about yesterday yesterday we talked about when theory is practiced Mm. just please know that i'm not done discussing that no guys i I, I, my my heart is really burdened for what i see happening in the united states of america and what i see as the crippling silence Mm -hmm. right like that that there are people who just are told that you can't speak to this situation, that you don't have the authority to speak to this situation. I should give the number 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. You can comment on what we talked about yesterday. You can comment on what we're talking about today. And I guess if we could summarize what we're talking about today, it's you know allowing our kids to ask questions, that it's okay for our kids to ask questions and that we have to search out those answers. Mm-hmm. And it's also okay for us to say, you know, I don't have that answer for you but would you allow me to research it? Let me look it up. Let me get the answer to that question. I think sometimes, and I even said this to the campers, mm-hmm. there's a lot of pressure that's put on the communicator because we do a lot of Q&A and there's a lot of pressure for us to be able to have that like snappy answer mm-hmm. and kind of come back and, and got it good and then on to the next mm-hmm. question. But I think it's so important for us to show that to follow Christ is to live a real life, mm-hmm. is to live a real life and yeah. that it's okay for us to say, man, you know, I, I'm not exactly sure how to answer that question, mm-hmm. number one, because I do not want to express anything that goes beyond how the scriptures limit me, right? Right. Like I want to stick right. as close to the word of God as possible. I want to leave my commentary, you know, kind of in the background, mm-hmm. um, but I want to rely on the authority of the word of God. So sometimes there are questions that are asked that you go, now the Bible has given us everything that we need that pertains to life and godliness, right? And so we want to search the scriptures for that. For example, and I won't go into all of the discussion, but today we had a question about suicide. Mm-hmm. Now think about that. Why why would our kids be asking questions about suicide and the eternal consequences right. of suicide? Well, because they live in a culture where they are immersed in um, a culture that is largely defined as a culture of death, right? That that is what is celebrated, that that is what is sort of um, exalted in our culture. Mm-hmm. 
and I was talking to you this about talking to you about this just last night mm-hmm. um, after we wrapped up one of our one of our sessions here. Uh, the stories abound, and from every walk of life, those people who are ending their life, who are making the decision to end their life, yeah. um, just a few months ago, maybe like four or five months ago, there was sort of like the the round of stories of even those in church leadership kind of ending their, not kind of, but ending their life and Mm. causing, which is what the kind of came from, causing a kind of discussion, a national discussion among believers about suicide ideation. Mm. This is rampant among our kids. This thought of like, it's not worth it. Like it's, it's, we just need to end it. Like it's just, and so we had the opportunity to take a moment and to just unpack that and talk about what the implications of that really, what those implications are. Our kids have these questions. They, they know someone who knows someone or of someone, right, who is either considered or who has ended his or her own life. Yeah. And whether that's a celebrity that they're connected to or that's somebody that they read or follow online or whatever, this is a reality. This is something that they are actually facing. We've yeah. got to be on the spot with those questions. All right, mm-hmm. 888-589-8840. Let's go to the phone lines. Will the Great, where do we go? All right, let's go to Will from Texas. Hi, Will. How are you all doing today? Hello. Listen, let me share with you. I'm I'm a 75-year-old pastor. Spent the first 20 years of my ministry as a youth pastor. And Mm -hmm. as pastor, I still work with teenagers. Mm. I, matter of fact, I I pastor a a small church. We started youth ministry about eight years ago. Almost all of our kids are unchurched. But every Mm. year... I'll hand out three-by-five cards and say, all right. I say, you know, sometimes people tell you there's no such thing as a stupid question. Well, there actually are. But when it comes to church and God, there are no stupid questions. Mm. And give the kids a chance to write down their questions. Mm. The very first year, our kids were all Mexican from Catholic backgrounds. Mm. Uh, And get, you know, the questions you expect sometimes you don't get. I, I thought... You know, I was going to get what's the difference between Catholic and Baptist, and never did get that one. But the neat thing that happened, the very last question that very first year was, why do you love us? Hmm. And, wow. but I've, and I've, had, I've, I've had some big questions. This year, though, this year, I have had three different kids take me aside and say, all right, tell me about this LBGTQ stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and the questions, big questions like that. Yeah. But I have always, like I said, even as a pastor, still working with teenagers, uh, I give them that chance and make it a point that, that I think they're able to do that. At camp, and listen, I've directed youth camp for about 20 years. <laughs> uh, I think kids feel safer at camp than they do at church sometimes. Mm-hmm. To, to, wow. to ask those questions. Yeah. And like you said earlier, they're given the opportunity to ask those questions. Mm-hmm. And here's one thing I've learned a long, long time ago with teenagers. When they ask you a question, they want you to be honest. That's exactly right. Oh, man, uh, Pastor Will, thank look, you, I just want to say thank you so much for calling mm-hmm. in and um, providing that wow. kind of insight because that was something that even I think we got a message 
mm. as we we're doing the program yeah, about like yeah. writing down those questions, questions right. so that you remove that anxiety, you yeah. know, that they're able to write those questions down. Maybe sometimes people feel afraid. Our young people feel afraid to right. answer or to ask questions openly. Maybe they have a question that they would hate for that question to be associated with them, but they still mm. really need those answers. So I think it's a great idea, a great concept, if you will to have those questions written down so that they can get answers to those questions. Yeah. I will say this as a part of our local fellowship and um, we didn't, we didn't do this to be able to talk about it. It's just sort of the way that things have shaken out. You know um, our teaching pastor, Abraham Hamilton will teach pretty routinely mm-hmm. on a Sunday and mm-hmm. then wrap up and say, all right, any questions. Mm-hmm. And what is amazing to observe is not only that the adults in the room, we have questions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but also our young people who are right there with us, right. they have questions. And it's and it's simple things like, okay, I just wanted to clarify something that you said. Mm-hmm. For example, mm-hmm. it's our young people saying, hold on a second, when, when you said that, did you mean this? Or what does that look like in practice? Right. And these are the types of burning questions that our kids have. That's right. That if we can in the moment show them that they are supposed to engage the faith. Like they're they're not just sort of like these um, church pew warmers where we just want you there, just listening, but that you can engage the faith, that you can ask questions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, was, um, it was Anselm who lived in the Middle Ages, right? Mm-hmm. We've been talking about Anselm a, a, a lot here, um, but, but he was known as the father of scholasticism. And his defense or his response to the questions, he felt like he was trying to bolster those who already believed. Anselm of Canterbury was trying to bolster those who already believed too often. We look at apologetics and we think that apologetics is going to create a believer. But early scholasticism among believers was for believers. Mm. So it was adding knowledge to the faith, not using knowledge to create the faith, if you will. Mm -hmm. But it was the faith here exists. I believe now, please add to my belief knowledge, Mm. which actually is biblical, that these things that we, we start with the faith. But we add these things, we add knowledge to that, right? Like we add self-control and discipline, all of these things that we do in increasing measure mm-hmm. so that we can be fruitful and productive in what we believe. Amen. All right, Amen. Will the Great, where do we go next? 888-589-8840. All right, let's go to Tyler in Arkansas. Hi, Tyler. Yes. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, my kids... Uh, my kids, they, uh, one of them believes and the other one isn't so much into believing, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, they have quite a bit of questions and I'm not, uh, you know, I've been, I've been in, in and out of incarceration. So I know that the Lord will pull us through anything and, mm-hmm. and he's here for us all the time. He's risen and for all to see, you know, and, uh, I just believe wholeheartedly all the way down from the, uh, from my feet all the way up to the tips of my fingers. And I believe that the Lord is with us all, you know, and, uh, he just wants us to acknowledge, you know, and, and realize that there's a better way of living, you Mm. know, and, and uh, anyway, my my kids and 
you know, Jackson and me just got baptized the other day, and I was saved, and I believe that Jackson's saved too. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyways, a lot of my family doesn't really believe wholeheartedly. You know, they think that maybe different different uh, religions are are the way, you know, but I know on the inside that Christianity is the only way, you know. Yeah, Tyler, let me let me ask you a question. I'm, I want to make an observation. I want to ask you a question. First, let me just respond to the last thing you said. Yeah, on the inside, Christianity is the only way and on the outside as well. We have evidence to support what our claims are, that Jesus is, in fact, God, that he exists, right, that he walked this earth. We have evidence um, to support that. So our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ is not a blind faith. It is a faith with a trail of evidence. Um, so, so, so yay that you're here, right. And that mm-hmm. you believe, but also know that it is not a blind faith. Can I just ask a question really quickly? So you're talking about your, your kids. Um, cause then I want to respond to that. What, are, what's the ages of your, of your children? Okay. One's 10 and one's 11. My boy Beautiful. is 10 and, and my girl's 11. And okay. I've got Jackson, Jackson, he's been coming to church with me and stuff. And then I have my own mom trying to tell him, you know, that that's, that's not the best way, you know. And mm. uh, even, yeah. even my sister, even my sister was just telling me that I'm just running dumbly, you know, wow. kind of following the book that doesn't even make sense. Wow. Okay, so Tyler, let me just respond before I run out of uh, out of too much time here because and I was really hoping I was really hoping that um your kids kind of skewed on the younger side of things because that means that they are still pretty malleable. And that means that you can still write godliness, so you can imprint them with godliness if you will, but I'm going to tell you you're going to have to run interference. You're going to have to get in between your kids and not only this culture, it sounds like get in between the your kids and your family right and you don't owe anybody an explanation for that Mm -hmm. if there are people who are working against the best interest of your kids which the best interest of your kid is eternity yeah with the one who made him and her right and so if you've got people who are standing in the way of that if you've got people who are competing with you for a place of authority in your kid's life then you've got to separate your kids from that Mm -hmm. and you don't owe anybody an explanation for that look this is the bottom of the ninth I hope I use that correctly. That's right. All right. So we don't have a lot of time to make nice with people who would be a willing participant to our kids' destruction. Mm. We've got to stand between them and destruction, and we've got to snatch them from that conveyor belt. You don't owe anybody any explanation for that. We're out of time. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio. Faith.